Hey, hey, we're back for another episode of Heaving Bosoms, the podcast where two friends giggle and chat about a new romance novel each week. And I have to say, I hope that your December is off to a wonderful start. At the top of this episode, instead of waxing philosophic about our book, I have to apologize. Unbeknownst to me, my microphone and I had a serious labor disagreement and it went on strike. The sound quality on my end is not stellar. Don't worry, we settled our differences and I hired a quality control department and it won't happen again, Um, but I'm so sorry. I have to say, Christmas on Crimson Mountain by Michelle Major deserved better. But why don't we jump right in? Hi, Erin. Hey, Mel. How are you? Great. How are you? Excellent. <laughs> Damn lie. Lie. <laughs> you couldn't you even know, keep a straight face when you said it. <laughs> no, here's the thing. I'm I'm great. Like I'm super excited to do the podcast. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm I'm up. I'm up early to do the podcast. This is my Bullshit. one day. Okay, you know Go. what? Can it? Everything is relative. <laughs> All right, it's not four in the morning, okay? And uh-huh. I hear that okay. for the person who got up at four in the morning. But it's my one day on the weekend to sleep in because Michael and I trade off getting up with Ember. Oh. And uh, so I am awake early. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I very much appreciate what you do for the podcast and your early rising. <laughs> And I appreciate you. Oh, it's so Aww. nice. Um, in every other way, though, I'm sort of uh, keeping myself together with um, scotch tape and dreams. Um, just because... Is that like, not a line from Grey's Anatomy? What? <laughs> it's definitely a line from Grey's Anatomy. <gasps> Did I appropriate that from a show I don't watch? <laughs> Well, I don't know, because you said you stopped watching it ghost sex, but there's definitely, I'll send it to you, there's definitely a scene where, like, Bailey is crying, and she's talking about how she's holding herself together with, like, scotch tape and hopes or something like that. It's real bad. Whoa. Well, all right. Um, Anyway, scotch tape and dreams. Whatever, dude. So, I'm just saying, scotch tape doesn't hold much. No, Uh, I think that was the point of the... Grey's Anatomy episode as well. Well, then I guess Bailey and I are just wavelengths. Um, <laughs> no, I'm just I'm just still trying to figure my life out in quasi-winter. Uh, that's all. <laughs> <laughs> I say to the person who is living in Alaska, um, yeah, like, like you- I haven't washed my hair in five days. <laughs> Well, okay, so I showered, right? Uh Um, Granted, it had probably been two or three days, and (laughs) Michael Michael was like, hey, so I don't know um, what your schedule's like, but maybe you want to fit a shower in? (laughs) 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 Or something like that. And I was like, oh, God, I don't think I've showered in, like, two or three days. Yes. That is definitely going on the docket, right? Uh-huh. Because <sighs> I don't like... I don't like... It's so cold. Okay. So, 
I showered, but then it was like, it was like 9 or 9.30 and it was fucking cold and I've been fighting off a sickness and so I didn't wash my hair and now it's just been another two days since I showered, so it's probably been about five days since I washed my hair. <laughs> do you not have heat in your house? I, I don't understand yes. it being too cold to shower. Like, I do not. <laughs> in fact, I feel like showers warm you up, right? Yeah, until you until your head is wet and you're in your bed just <laughs> shivering or, you know, like, being what is warm. The, what is the internal temperature of your house? That's what I don't understand. Like, <laughs> okay, well, we have, we have three levels in our house, and um, our gas bill last winter was insane pants. So we are doing a little bit of, um, like, we're keeping it at around 65 Unless, like, we're... Then we have space heaters in a room. Because, like, in the room we're going to be in. <laughs> so I could set up the space heater in the bathroom. But then I have to I have to sh- shuttle my way from the bathroom to the bedroom in a cold hallway. And, like, my feet will freeze. <laughs> it's not rational. Do you know I'm what I did? I'm telling you it's not rational. <laughs> oh, I don't even want to... You roughed it last weekend. That is a different story. I am living... If I were horse camping, which I would never do in the winter. In the winter, it was negative four the last night we were there. And you know, I would never make that choice. I couldn't shower either because there wasn't one because there wasn't any running water. But it was also very (laughs) cold. (laughs) Do you remember? I sent you a picture of like the snow-covered parking lot at my work in Alaska. Yeah. Yeah. And the sun had yeah, come I remember up because that, it, was you only, it was only 9 a.m., so the sun was not up. <laughs> and I was like, what temperature is it in Jersey again? And you immediately texted me back a picture in, like, full winter. Like, you had a, like you had a winter <laughs> coat and a hat on within five seconds of this picture. So I know you were already wearing it inside. And you were like, 57 degrees. It's <laughs> like, what is wrong with you? I'm telling you, people have actually told me I need to go to the doctor, and I have gone to the doctor. I'm telling and they you right tell now, me, I'm, you need to go to the doctor. Go to a different doctor. Figure this out. All of my levels are right. I'm not anemic. I'm not, like, my my circulation is fabulous. Like, I don't know, bro. I'm just, I'm just a, a big, giant wimp. I mean, I did grow up in Hawaii, but that was... Maybe maybe that was long enough to leave like a lasting impression of what the temperature should be all the time. I don't know. <laughs> they say if you grow up in a cold climate, like they say that that's a real thing. Like if you grow up yeah. in, a, in a warm climate, you have more like sweat glands and stuff. Uh-huh. I'm a sweaty Betty. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Maybe that's Oh, real. yeah. Hmm. <laughs> you are a sweaty Betty. <laughs> I am. It's... So am I. And I grew up in Illinois. Like it's not like that's... Illinois becomes hell's vagina in the that's true. in the summer. That's true. But we I have mean, winter. It's not Hawaii. That's true. Anyway, how much time have we wasted on this? Uh, quite a bit. Minutes? Quite a bit. <laughs> Thirty minutes. <laughs> Sorry, listener. I promise I'm going to shower today. Uh, I'm going to brunch, so I have to. <laughs> <laughs> I'm seeing other humans today, so uh-huh. my hair will be washed. It's going to be great. Okay. Speaking of people who don't mind the cold and choose the cold, that is where our novel is set this week. 
I can't remember the name of the novel. I can only remember <laughs> what I've been calling it. <laughs> Wait, I know what you've been calling it, but um, it is called Christmas on Crimson oh, on Crimson Mountain by That's Michelle right. Major. I, however, have been calling it uh, Breast Cancer Survivor and the Beast. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> Because I definitely have some notes where I'm like, is this Beauty and the Beast? This really seems like it to me. So you're not wrong. Uh-huh. Yeah. So Crimson Mountain. We've got our lady protagonist is April. She mm-hmm. is a yoga instructor and breast cancer survivor and former wife to some Hollywood producer who was a dick and left her and left her during her cancer treatments, which is like, oh, rough. Yeah. It it sounded like because of her cancer treatments, like he was like, oh, this is, this is too much for me. Like I can't do this anymore. Anyway. Bye. (laughs) Yeah. So she is heading up to a cabin With two little girls in the back. She's got Shay, who's five, and Rainy, who's 12. Their mother has just died of breast cancer. And she's also her April's best friend. So the best, the mom. One of them. Yeah. Yeah, she was like her her treatment friend. Right. But I don't think that they'd seen each other for like a while. Well, she willed the kids to her. Yeah, but she tried, okay, so she tried to will the kids to, or she talked to her sister about it, and her sister is a monster, and was like, I'll take the little one, but I don't want, like, the the shitty teenage one. Right. So, if that's fine with you, then cool. And so the mom was like, ah, no, no, I don't (laughs) think so. Instead, I'm going to send them off to my friend April, um... But April's like, I can't keep them, I can't keep them, but I'm just keeping them over the holidays, and then I'll send them back to their monster of an aunt (laughs) who doesn't want the the broken one. She only wants the sweet one. Go fuck yourself. Okay. Yeah. So, April, breast cancer survivor, just lost her friend. And she's heading up, well, got divorced like a while ago. Um, but like hasn't had any interest in romance or bodies or orgasms since then. Right. I don't know. What I'm saying is she's got a lot going on. <laughs> There's a lot happening with April. Yeah. She, you know what? I think that's like the hallmark of this whole book is a like, lot just, going there on. is a lot. <laughs> right. And usually it's not necessarily even intersecting. Mm-mm. It's just happening. Mm-hmm. So... April is heading up to a cabin that her former starlet friend uh, owns near Aspen. Sarah, sure. I get a feeling that this wasn't the first Crimson Mountain book. I did not look this up. No, I assume Sarah Travers and Josh, who is who are her friends, made up the first Crimson Mountain book because she kind of references them in a in a like. Wow, their love is so perfect, sort of way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and this is part of the small town love series or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know which book it is, but it's uh, not the first. Okay, so April is going to take care of this cabin as a favor to Sarah because um, this reclusive writer is coming up to use it for two weeks to try to finish a book. She arrives, she's hoping that um, he's not there yet, and she gets there, 
uh, gets the girls like into her teeny tiny caretaker's cabin. Um, and they, I don't know, Shay like squeals in delight and runs to the cabin or something that a five-year-old would do. And she heads in with the groceries to the, um, main cabin. She sees this, she, and she gets startled by this like tall, dark figure (laughs) standing at the front window. And he says something to the effect of, they can't be here. They have to go. They have to go. Which, okay, let me, let me back up a little bit because this is a segment. This is a segment. See, here's a segment. We're talking about whether we should have segments. Here's one. It's okay. called, uh, the segment is called, uh, April is a Terrible Employee of Aaron McCarthy. <laughs> if you are going to your job and you mm. are going to bring two orphans with you, mm-hmm. you tell mm-hmm. your boss. You can't just, like, be like, if somebody at work showed up with two orphans, you would be like, what, what are those orphans about? Yeah, oh, hey, uh, did you bring puzzles for them? Yeah, I noticed there were orphans in your workplace. Like, I just feel like... And she's like, I don't want to tell Sarah yet, or she will worry about me, and she'll ask questions. And it's like, yeah, she'll ask questions. Like, you're doing a job, and you brought with you two children for the week. Mm -hmm. Like, of course. Anyway, I... I completely understand why Connor, our hero, the tall, dark, and handsome man in the main cabin, mm-hmm. was a little surprised that there were two children with her. That's all I'm saying. No, absolutely. Especially because it was billed as a, a, a like a serene, quiet, you know, thing. Like, right. five-year-olds are not conducive to serenity, nor quiet. But his reaction is off the chain crazy. It is. And it is abrupt. Like, the very <laughs> first words out of his mouth are, they have to go. Okay, and I really think right. he said it like that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so she sees him. He's just like a figure. She gets startled, drops the groceries or whatever. All right. No kids. <laughs> this is how I imagine this. <laughs> Connor Pierce growled those two words as soon as the willowy redhead walked into the kitchen. Maybe he should have waited to speak until she'd spotted him standing in front of the window. Unprepared, she jumped in the air, dropping the bag of groceries as she clutched one hand to her chest. Her wide brown eyes met his across the room, a mix of shock and fear in her cage or in her gaze. Scaring a woman half to death was a new low for Connor, but he couldn't stop. They need to go, he snapped. <laughs> his fists clenched at his side. Now! Like, I just feel like he's like, wow, I really scared her. Like, maybe I should tone it down. Like, this is a new low for me. I shouldn't be scaring women in darkened <laughs> kitchens. They need to go! Like, like <laughs> growling, fists clenched, like... Super. I mean, and and she bruised his apples as a result. She just mm-hmm. dropped everything. Yeah. Um, serves him right, frankly. But then what I find really weird about this interaction is that she just like, she walks straight up to him. And a moment later, he turns to find that she's like toe to toe with him. Mm-hmm. And not in a, you know, be a person kind of way, <laughs> like you might expect. Instead, it's like, they're, I can't, they're orphans, I can't, their mom died, or bleh, like, you know, it's like pleading with him, almost. Uh-huh. And in my brain, if I'm going to plead with someone who I don't know, and also just made me pee myself out of fright, <laughs> I am going to do it from across the room, right. and not, like, if I'm going to get up in somebody's face and be like, don't come at my kids, 
that's I will come toe to toe, absolutely. But I don't know this interaction. I just didn't get it, mm-hmm. other than being a vehicle for them to pheromone at each other. Right, right. Because that's like most of their attraction, in my interpretation. Okay, it was mostly like physical attraction between these two. Like they they kept saying they were attracted to each other on like a emotional personality level, but I never like saw it. Like the book just kept telling me that they were, and I was just like. But they haven't right. really talked at all. <laughs> well, and I can... He, totally, totally. Well, and I can see, like, why he might be attracted to her on an emotional level. Because mm-hmm. as a, a beast, he keeps on just, like, just dropping her in shit. And, like, <laughs> like verbally punching her. And she just sort of takes it because she she read a couple of news articles and knows that he's broken. Right. So uh, she says... Well, She says in this conversation, she goes, you don't look like the photo on your website. He says, that picture was taken long ago. And then the the internal monologue for him is, back when he was overweight and happy and his heart hadn't been ripped out of his chest, when he could close his eyes and not see a car engulfed in flames, not feel his own helplessness like a vice around his lungs. And we learn that his wife and children three years ago died in a fiery car accident where he was, I think, driving the car, or at least in the car. And I wrote, this book is a smidge heavy. <laughs> My note was like, all right, there's a lot. It's a lot going on here. There's a lot going on. Well, and here's the thing. I don't necessarily um, like fault him for his response. I don't know how I would react if I was thrown from a car and Michael and Ember were burned to death inside and I couldn't get to them, right? But I... We'll talk about it. Okay, so... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, okay. (laughs) So he's basically like, no kids. He identifies her as a sexy woman um, in this monologue. This willowy redhead. Let's see. Uh, the afternoon light pouring over her. She looked too young and innocent. Uh, he'd never seen anything as creamy as her skin. This this skin creaminess blah, thing blah, blah, blah. <laughs> returns many I don't like times. it. He loves talking about how creamy she is. Which is very... He's going to be putting lotion on it, too. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Good work. Um, so, so he has the sudden urge to trace his finger along her cheek, blah, blah, blah. So this is the first conversation they have. They say probably five things back and forth. And his internal monologue is, although he knew it to be untrue, he come to believe that he could hold on to the memory of his wife and son tightly and keep himself cut off from physical contact, blah, 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 blah. But the fact that this woman, a stranger, made him want to change was almost as terrifying as the deadline looming over his head, his novel deadline. He took a step back from her. And it's like, so this happened three years ago. He hasn't seen a sexy woman in three years because there's, there's literally nothing that happens in this conversation that she, you know what I mean? Like, I know, I hear there's you. There's no reason why you. she would make him want to change. He's like, oh, wait, there's sexy ladies out there? I need to, <laughs> I need to change. Like, I need, I, to, gotta, I need to warm up. I need to thaw this ice, you know? It's it right. That's weird. right. I got to warm these hands up so I can trace some cheekbones. Yeah. Um. Yeah, no, I mean... So I had a hard time with this whole like description of his three years because you're we're asked to believe that this man 
after some sort of period where his friends and family attempted multiple times to reach out. He was just like, fuck that and fuck you. I have um, sold our our home that we shared together and I've purchased myself a, a small apartment in North San Francisco, I think. San Francisco, yeah. And um, San Francisco. Yeah. And um then I guess like in the age of HelloFresh, he never left again. <laughs> like Yeah, that's the thing. Like I kinda I, I was on board for like, oh, he cut off his friends and family and he right. was a dick to them and they stopped trying. Like I, I was on yeah. board for that. But I don't know, we'll get to it. Like the things he talks about, like that he hasn't, like, talked to another person in three years. Like, later they go into town, and he was like, I haven't gone into a town in three years. Right. I'm like, really? Civilization. Like, you didn't... I don't understand. Like, three years and you haven't been to a town? Like, I don't want to be... I know people grieve differently, but, like, maybe he hasn't seen a sexy woman in three years. Like, maybe that's right. accurate. I don't know. Right. Maybe he just got some some weights in his house. Because that's yeah. the other thing. He certainly worked out he a was, lot. <laughs> he was Pudgy McGee when uh-huh. he was happy and befamilied. And now, since then, because his whole interpretation is, I should have been strong enough to get my nearly broken back off of the guardrail upon which I landed. And army crawled to lift my wife and son out of the already burning car. Uh-huh. Um, I get it. I, I, I had get, very I irrational. Yeah. No, I do too. I had very irrational responses to like my own grief when my dad died. So his whole thing is, I will now be just a slab of muscle. Get ready, <laughs> everyone. <laughs> so I think he got himself a treadmill <laughs> and some weights. And turned himself into a slab of muscle. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't want to be... I'm sure this is how some people <laughs> grieve. Like, I'm sure that some uh, people are like, you know, okay, I need to exercise my ass off so I don't right. I don't think about this. I'm sure that that happened out in the world. But I feel like the overwhelming majority of people, like, in my life, like, just anecdotally, mm. like, I've never been like, ooh, you look really sexy. Was that the loss of your best friend? Like, I've never been like... You know, like <laughs> I've never seen somebody get really, really fit after a huge loss in their life. I feel like that's, it's usually the opposite. It's like, oh, you put on 20. Was that the loss of your mom? Like, right. you know, like that, right. that makes more sense to me, but I'm sure this exists out in the world. I just, no, I, never seen I it. hear where you're coming from. Okay. So, um, I was a vegetarian when my dad died and, uh, shortly thereafter, I quite literally shoved my fist into the breast of an entire rotisserie chicken standing at the refrigerator in the kitchen. (laughs) Uh Uh So we all grieve differently (laughs) is what I'm saying. (laughs) You and I are different. Mm. We, no, we're the same. I just mean we're different from this. Like I, we know how we grieve. Um, That's that true. is with food. Um, Whoa, but, <laughs> oh boy! I'm sure these people are out there in the world. Yeah, yeah, totally. All right. So, so okay. So by the end of the conversation, he's like he has thawed a tiny bit, mostly because of her curves. 
or lack thereof. And he's like, okay, they can stay, but they have to be really quiet. I can't Silent. know that they're here. Right. Silent children. Make right. it happen. And so she's like, I'll do that. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much, Mr. Beast. Um, I'll see you soon. Bye. Like, I'll, I'll come back to cook your meals and uh, see you never. And so she goes back to the cabin. Right. The, the bitty cabin. So, yeah. So he's in, like, a big luxury cabin. And they're in kind of, her and the girls are in kind of, like, a caretaker cabin. I don't know if you ever already Correct. She also has, like, excuse me if I'm wrong here, but I, she also has an apartment in town, right? Yes. They're, like, ten miles it's out of town. It's a studio apartment. Yeah. So... She could, if she wanted, just be like, oh, I'll just, the girls will stay at my apartment. Like, we'll stay there. That I didn't understand. Uh, I'm like, she could commute three times a day into town. It's like 15-minute drive, right? No, I, I understood it was much longer. Oh, and it was okay. really snowy. Um, yeah. Like, this cabin is supposed to be remote, but okay. All right. So, anyway, the girls slayed me every single time. I just want that noted for the record. <laughs> okay, so Aaron and I were texting before this, and... Um, This is one of those books where I didn't necessarily enjoy it. However, um, I really enjoyed watching myself have reactions to things that also squeak me out. (laughs) Like, every time, every time these two people who can't really talk to each other because of their own issues, like, got all up and in each other's business and stuff and like you know their walls started coming down Mm -hmm. the intellectual side of me was like this I don't know if this actually checks out you know like I don't I don't know if this is a natural progression of what just happened (laughs) well not to mention that I I really don't like a a beast Uh I really don't like it and yet there is a big piece of me that loves fixing people, <laughs> especially if they have magic penises. <laughs> I, mean, I, I like that kind of a narrative too, but like I kind of, I just didn't, I, it didn't make me feel anything. Like I understood that this man was sexy. I was physically down with this hero. Totally. Okay. Emotionally, like I just didn't see it. It's just like he kept, I, here's the other problem. So while they're still in this conversation, which we will move on from it, but she's like, "Hey, you won't you won't even know that the that the kids are with you, blah blah blah." So she's like, "You won't even know they're here." Grabbing the empty cloth sack from the counter, she started past him. He reached for her, the movement so quick that it startled her. She doesn't know this guy. She's literally Uh-oh. never met him. He just scared her. He's just been like, "No kid." reached for her the movement so quick it startled her she stared at the place where his fingers encircled her wrist warmth seeping through the layers she wore it was odd because for such a cold man his touch almost burned i'll know you're here he said a voice a a rough voice a scrape across her senses but keep the girls away from me I will, she promised. Something in his tone told her, blah, 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 blah. And then she basically has to, like, rip herself away from him. And he does this several times throughout the book. And Yeah, he's always grabbing her by the wrist in order to stop her from going past him. And I was not comfy with it. I understand, like, in theory where that's sexy. But I think think this is a personal thing where I've been in a relationship where it's, like, a constant, I'm going to grab hold of you and make you listen to me sort of thing. And it was not a good situation. And every time he did that, I was just like, get the fuck away from me. Me. Like, do not let go of her. Like, I did not like that. And that made him him not that attractive. Yeah, I mean, if it had been one thing where he, like, he, like, gently 
you know, stopped her on the wrist mm-hmm. with his fingers and like sexily said, of sure. course I'll know you're. Yeah, sure. But like the girls I shouldn't know are on the planet. Right. Then that would be better. But like the wrist grab. But also they just was... met. They literally just met. It's yeah. like, you know, if you know somebody and they know you and they know that you have to stand there and listen to this because, you know, like I, I get there, there can be a dynamic where that's okay. But like, literally just met it's not okay to put grab somebody that you've never met before it's not okay yeah absolutely absolutely um well and and that's like a through line as their relationship progresses Mm -hmm. he hasn't wanted to touch anyone because in his brain you said this not having physical contact with other humans will help him remember what it was like to touch his wife and son Mm-hmm. And it will, like, keep their memory more fresh in his brain. Which, again, sure, grief is a weird thing. But he just cannot help himself. He has to touch this woman in one way or another. Like, she comes back to the cabin a while later. And um, she burns herself on something. And so he crosses the room. She's making breakfast. He's shirtless because he's just been working out. And so, you know, sweat glistening, pheromones just emanating, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> And um, he crosses the room to grab her wrist and force it under the tap. Mm-hmm. And again, it's like really like a rough movement that I was kind of eked out by. Yeah, and she was too. Like her whole body stilled, but then her body started responding mm-hmm. to his and like all the things. And he was just like, and and his inter- internal monologue is. It's so weird. I never want to touch other people, but I have to touch this woman. And I'm like, yee, but you have to get consent. You have to, like... You gotta... You gotta make sure it's okay with her. Not to mention, like, the reason he put her hand under the faucet was that she had just burned herself in a very minor way on a pan or something like that. Mm -hmm. And he's like, you just burned yourself. You need to run it under cold water. And she's like, no, that's not medically a thing. She doesn't say that, but she's like, no, I don't need to. And he's like, you will run it under cold water. And, like, like, her skin will blister. I'm like, you're not, that's not, that's not a real. That's not how that. That's not a thing. So, like, she's right on that. Like, she doesn't need to. You know, it's not like we're not in Bad Boys Undercover where she's like refusing <laughs> medical care for three torso bullets. Like, you know? <laughs> it's like you need to do this. Well, but then Aaron, uh-huh. she looks at him in a meaningful way, and he's like, "What do you know about me?" <gasps> right? Because like, that's not normal. <laughs> because the no, because the burn set him off in a way because he watched his family uh, cremated on live stream. So. Hmm not super <laughs> excellent for either of them. <laughs> so we had a conversation about like, can uh-huh. we make fun of this book because it's so heavy <laughs> and she's a breast cancer survivor and he's a widower and we're like, yeah, because we're sensitive people and we understand we what are. to make fun of about it. And then you say things like, he lost his family created on live stream. Like, I cannot help you if, if our one listener gets mad about that. Like, I don't, I I know. <laughs> I was just trying to figure out a different way to say burned alive. <laughs> a lot. Because it's so heavy. It's so heavy. <laughs> I'm uncomfortable with so heavy. Okay. Okay. So, <laughs> also, he's not acting like a I, human. When he's like, what, what do you know about me? Like, have you ever, yeah, what we've both been in periods me? where there, there's like an awkward amount of grief in our ah, lives. Like, yeah. I've never thought about going up to somebody and being like, 
do you know what I'm going through? Right. Tell me back to me the things that I'm going through. Like, it's just a very weird thing. So she's just like... And she's like, I read some news reports, but that's all. Right, but then, okay. But then he, like, wants her to detail it. Like, he's put her hand under the faucet. He says, what do you know about me? He asks through gritted teeth. And she's like, the news reports, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, what did they tell you? Yeah. And she's like, your wife and son were with you and they died in the car accident and blah, blah, blah. And they were killed. And then he just like, he's like, we all should have died in that wreck. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> what? Yeah. Again, very understandable response. I sure. get that. But why are you telling this woman? You don't know her. Like, it's yeah. very awkward. Well, but that's part of his internal monologue is like, and, and here's the thing. I sort of understood where he was coming from. Because as a reader, you're privy to all of his thoughts. I could not bridge the gap between him and her, however, because every single time, at least in the beginning, every single time he thought about opening up, he just thought all his thoughts and then gruffly, like, left the room. Mm -hmm. He never said it out loud to her. So, I... I I thought some of the things he was doing, like, this particular conversation, I thought was very mean. Like... Yeah. I think it's really mean and manipulative that he was like, April, tell me back to me what happened to me and my family. Like, that's a horrible position to put her in. Like, mm-hmm. that was really mean. And he does it several times with several different people, mostly April. So he, he then says, like, so why aren't you? And she's like, okay, this is what I know anyway. I'm going to make you some eggs, and that's my job. And he's like, why aren't you asking me more questions about it? Like, why aren't you asking me details about it? And she's like, do you want to talk about it? And he's like, no. And she's like, well, that's why. Yeah. And she's like, well, that's why I'm not asking about it. And I'm like, sure. Seems like you want to talk about it, dude. Like you could talk about anything, but instead you're just like, what do you know about my life? (laughs) Anyway. Yeah. Um, so one night, so there's like breakfast and then there's dinner and she makes him dinner and they're kind of talking. I think this is the dinner conversation, actually. She's making him dinner where they're talking about. I don't know, something. But he also pulls a beast where he's like, she's like, okay, I'm going to go head right. back this to the girls. And he's like, what if I want you to sit with me, though? And she's <laughs> like, I, I, I will then. I will. And my note was literally... You will join me for dinner. <laughs> you will join me for dinner. That is correct. <laughs> Robbie Benson growling. <laughs> you will join me for dinner. And I'm like, what is going on? And then she's like, well, do you want me to? And he's like, no. And she's like, all right, I'm a go then. Like, Bye. I don't know what you want, man. I mean, he's like thinking after that. And he's like, he had nothing to offer a woman like April, a woman so full of light and peace. And I wrote like, he literally knows nothing about her. Like he literally at this point knows not, he has not asked her one thing about her life. They haven't had any like nice conversations at all. I don't even think she's told him that she's a yoga teacher, but I think that her pheromones just emanate light and peace, bro. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think it's an elemental level between these two. You know, yeah, maybe. And I think that's what I I kind of wish this book had been less love at first sight and more like a growing, like an ice breaking or something like that, because it was very like they saw each other and they were into it immediately. And then they kind of had to fight that the whole time. And I wish it was the opposite. I wish they were, you know, it like grew over time because of their issues. Does that make sense? Yeah, I do. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, I mean. 
I don't know. I think it would have been a little bit more jarring. Like there would have needed to be an extra 200 pages of Cray um, <laughs> to get from he grabbed my wrist and super freaked me out to <laughs> I'm in love. Let's get married. Yeah. Yeah. So there's that. So anyway, they do some more. Okay. So then um, she takes the girls outside and asks them to be very, very quiet while building a snowman or something. Mm-hmm. And he leaves his desk, presses his ear against the window pane, and, like, strains to hear what's going on with the girl. Yeah. You can kind of hear Shay laughing, and he's like, ugh. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, I can't believe this. They're supposed to not exist. So, is that when he goes down to the cabin later on, or... I thought this was when they went to town. Let's see. That's what I mean. He goes to the cabin, yeah, and okay. Shay opens yeah, the yeah, door. yeah. yeah. Yeah, and he's right. like, shut so, those children up. <laughs> yeah. So he goes to the cabin um, to talk to April. Shay answers the door, and she's like, there's a mean man next door who doesn't like kids, so we have to be very quiet. <laughs> so we're going down to town to get some puzzles and games so that we can play inside games so that we don't upset the mean man. Mm-hmm. And Because she's the best. Uh-huh. And so then by the end of the conversation, Shay, the five-year-old, has charmed him because Shay charms everyone. Right. And she sort of strong arms him well she asked him to go to town with them and he Uh says yes and april's like wtf bro like we're going to have a nice day are you capable Mm -hmm. of having a nice day because if not you are not actually invited and he was like no no i can be a person Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. and he goes and gets his coat and then he is the opposite of a person right and she keeps talking about like this whole trip to town like on their way and stuff she keeps talking about how like she really wants to talk to him about what happened and she really wants to help him heal. And like, she can't really resist like wanting to bring up what happened to him and his family. And the whole time I'm just like, leave him alone. Like, why do you want to, like, this is a man you just met. Like, why do you want to be like, so do you want to do some like therapy sessions about like, it was just very weird. But anyway, so they're going to town. town. They're going to get some hot chocolate. They go into a, yeah, they go to a toy store. And he's like, well, so Shay grabs his hand and he he goes to pull away. And then he's like, no, she's a five-year-old. I can't do that. And they go to the toy store and he's like, cannot go into a toy store with laughing children. Because, um, I mean, understandably, this actually does make sense to me. Yeah, um, I got It that. reminds him of yeah. his, his roughly five-year-old son's laugh. That makes sense. And so sense. he's like, yeah. I understand. So he's like, I'm going to go to the sporting goods store. Bye. Yeah. Yes. Um, I understand not being able. And I that was a very able... mature choice. Yes. To go into a toy store. I get that. I don't understand not being able to go to a town. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, totally. Like, not being able to go into a toy store with children and have them be all around, especially around Christmas time, like, that yes. makes a lot of sense to me. Not being able to, like, go get a sandwich at Subway after three years <laughs> because there might be a person inside is a little, uh, is a little, meh for me. So they go and find him at the sporting goods store, and they're like, we're going to get some hot chocolate and go ice skating. You should come. Mm-hmm. And... Um, April basically is like, you need to stop being a dick nose because the, mm-hmm. you're ruining the day for the girls. And he's like, okay, sure, I'll stop that. And then he doesn't. He goes to the hot chocolate <laughs> store with them. <laughs> the hot chocolate store? Um, he goes to a cafe that her friend owns. <laughs> and uh, they get some cookies, and he stands about being gruff and awful. He's so awful. And... Like, they have a conversation about, like, what's your favorite Christmas song? 
Uh-huh. And she's like, Shane's favorite Christmas song is Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. And Rainy's is blah, blah, blah. And Rainy's like, mine is Silent Night. And she's like, what's yours, Connor? And Connor's like, I don't have one. <laughs> and like... She's like, okay, well, like, maybe you're not, like, a rocking around the Christmas tree kind of guy, but maybe, and he just cuts her off, and he's like, I can't even Oh, holy it. night. Oh, holy night. <laughs> God damn it. Like, maybe, let her finish the sentence. Like, yeah. <laughs> if it's a legit pick, that's my favorite Christmas song. And mine, so, too, actually. Really? Man, yeah, I used they, to perform it at church all the time. You sing? Yes. I had no clue. <laughs> I mean, I haven't in years, but huh? Like not know. not performance, but yeah. Like what? What else about like? Okay, so we've been friends for a little mm. over five years. I mean, I'm like you know we're we're onions, Aaron. We just yeah, you know, I know, keep on like, peeling back the layers. I just feel like there's so many things I don't know about you. This well, here's just, one. This is um, fallout r- from me finding out that you were bisexual at your wedding. This is fallout <laughs> from that, where I'm like in pictures at your wedding, and I'm like, ting, wait, what? Anyway. <laughs> well, here's one. Here's one re- re- related to singing. Uh-huh. Um, I uh, I used to lead the Fourth of July parade um, <laughs> on horseback. What? With like holding the giant American flag in like the saddle flagpole, I used to sing the fourth. I used to sing the um the national anthem, and then my horse and I would be the lead of the parade. We would go two times around the town okay. because my, the town was four hundred people. So many questions. Okay, podcast <laughs> over. We're done talking about this. Part. Okay, so all right. What kind of parade is this? That the Fourth like, of July parade. Yeah, I understood the the holiday, but like I've never seen somebody on horseback singing the national anthem at the start of a parade live. That's not a thing. Oh, pe- yeah, people always sing the national so anthem you before Mike- a parade. I thought. But yeah, so my horse and I. Parade? No, 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 no. So my horse and I would okay. ride up right. to like the staging area. Understood. They would hand me a microphone. Okay. I would sing the song a cappella, and then we would fuck off and go around the town two times. <laughs> I if you were in the parade, constantly singing the national anthem. Oh, sweet lord, no. That's okay. not how that works. Also, how were you chosen for such an honor? Like, It's a very small you? town. How? I used to sing, like, at church all the time. I would, I, like, every single year um, for a while, I would sing Oh Holy Night or some other song at the Christmas Eve thing. Um I have pictures. I was like 16, 17. Um, Yeah. Well, I was on the equestrian team when my school had one for a little while. (laughs) You've been a horse girl this whole time? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Again, doesn't surprise me, but like. (laughs) I just talked about horse camping, bro. But at the top of this episode. What? Did you? I said, yeah, I said I wouldn't go horse camping in the winter. But if I were horse camping, then sure. Maybe the problem in our friendship is not that you're not sharing; it's that I'm never. Is that you're not listening? Yeah. <laughs> All right, fair. Okay, back okay. to the back All to right. the thing. So then they go ice with Aaron and Mel. Right. Okay. <laughs> so they go. Um, uh, yeah, tangent yeah, over. The they go ice skating. Shop. Yeah. No, no. Doesn't he fuck off again? Isn't he like? Yeah, he I can't even have hot chocolate. So, I hate hot chocolate. Yeah, I hate children. And I hate shop. cookies. She, like, tells the owner of the cafe, the owner of the cafe is like, what is that guy's deal? Like, why is he such a dick? Like, he's sexy, but why a terrible person? And she's like, his family died in a car accident. And then the cafe owner, I love this, she's like, 
call me later because she mm-hmm. wants the whole That story. would be my response. <laughs> She's like, call, call me. me immediately. <laughs> so, but then she doesn't. But anyway, no. yeah, he, the coffee shop, the whatever cafe is too much for him. So he walks away. <coughs> to freeze in an alley. I don't know what his plan is because he's not wearing a hat or gloves. It's very cold. He has no plan. He is has he walking no plan. Connor home? has no plan. I don't know. So they go ice skating without him. Yes. And then he joins up at some point and sees that Rainy, the 12-year-old, the um, the sullen, really, you know, upset, broken one, um, is, like, hanging on for dear life at the side of the ice rink. Mm-hmm. So he goes to help her, and he, he jumps over the rail and helps her off the ice. And then he's like, hey, do you want to talk to me about what's going on? And bless her heart. Oh, my God, these girls. <laughs> these girls did things to me all throughout the book. I was just a hot mess with these girls. And... I could not understand the April. I wanted to shoot her in the face most of the time. Mm -hmm. Every time she was like, I can't keep them. I can't have them. I shouldn't. I'm like, what the fuck is your problem? Like, why? Yeah, there's there's literally nothing in your life that will keep you from... Like, ugh, I can't. Her her justification is that she is a breast ugh. cancer survivor and their mother died of breast cancer and she doesn't That wasn't want... her actual justification. I mean, that's what comes out later. Mm-hmm. But her whole thing is like, I've kept my life so yeah. that I can leave at a moment. Like, I don't, I don't want things that tie me down. And I'm like, ugh, I couldn't. But at the same time, like, she keeps... Mm. So... She keeps saying this, like, I can't keep this girls, these girls. I have a very busy schedule as a yoga teacher in a mountain town. Like, right. all right. <laughs> Segment number two, um, mm. being a yoga teacher with Aaron McCarthy, certified 200-hour yes. YTT yoga teacher. Um, it's not a busy job. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> like, not if you don't own a studio. Yeah, fair. She used to own a studio. Um, yeah. Our one listener might be a yoga teacher, and that one listener might be like, it is a busy job, Um, but it's not. Well, it is if you have, like, five different studios that you teach at, and you teach, like, five classes a day. That's Yes, that's a busy job. It's not the type of job that precludes you from adopting these two children. I don't understand. Maybe you're not making enough money. That makes sense, because they make shit for money, but, like... Yes. Okay, anyway. All right. So, oh, but he, what I was going to so, say is she hmm. keeps, I'm sorry, I'm sorry I did this. No she problem, keeps saying no this, problem. but Connor keeps being like, you should keep them. And I'm like, you have to keep her them. life. Like, why is she in his life? No. Why is he in her life? Like, I don't understand. That's, that's only after he's been inside her, which of course <laughs> makes him no best. <laughs> like, okay. All right. We're at the ice rink. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. So she's sitting next to Rainy and Rainy. Oh my God. Rainy's like, oh, we were at an ice rink when Shay was really young. Um, my mom slipped and hurt her wrist and at the doctor's appointment to fix her wrist, she asked about a lump and that's how they found out about her breast cancer. And so I'm just terrified that somebody is going to fall and hurt themselves and then Mm -hmm. die. Um, because sweet baby angel, that's definitely how a 12 year old grief brain works. Mm -hmm. And, uh, oh so he actually super steps up and he he apparently is the rainy whisperer for the rest mm-hmm. of the book because he's just like, you know what? I'm going to go get some skates and we're going to have a great time and blah, 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 blah. And by the end, like, Rainy's the best skater and it's a great time. But then they're on the way home. Whoa, 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 whoa. 
Oh, do they kiss? Yeah. Like, back, they kiss. back it up. Yeah. Or, yeah. I forgot about um, the kiss because it came out of nowhere. But there's also a lot of, like, with... <laughs> With Rainy, he's he keeps saying things like, you know, everybody falls when learning to skate, Rainy. A fruit a few bruises and you'll be fine. Like like a lot of like we fall down but we have to get up again. A lot of like right. real heavy handed metaphors that happen. Which so. yeah, which he can't follow on his own. I mean right. the story of exactly. Connor's goddamn yeah. life. And yes, they kiss. And I liked this kiss. I thought it was, maybe I was just so starved, maybe I was so parched <laughs> in the desert of this book. <laughs> I was just like can something, like, sentimental kind of happen between these two? Um, yeah, explain the kiss, because I remember the, the Bangtown times, but I don't necessarily remember this kiss. I would not describe that as Bangtown, but we'll get there. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, they're, like, together at the side of the rink, and they're watching Rainy and Shay. Um, he kind of, like, tucks a little strand of hair behind her ear or something like mm. that, and he, like, leans in and... She, like, takes off her hat or something and says she has, like, bad hat her hair. And he's like, you look beautiful. And let's see here. His hand slid around the back of her neck and pulled her closer. Nerves zipped around in her stomach as she gazed into his dark eyes. I don't want to fight with you. His lips brushed against hers, soft for a man with so many hard angles. I work for you, Connor. Which, fair. Um, <laughs> he nipped at the edge of her mouth. You work for Crimson Ranch. You're the guest, she whispered. And he says something real gross later, like, I like being the guest. <laughs> it's gross. Yeah. But anyway, Ugh. let's see here. Here, here, here. Then the smooch. It was reckless. <laughs> and she needed to kiss Connor Pierce like she needed her next breath. It was everything she'd imagined and nothing she expected. His lips were gentle and searching and blah, 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 blah. That kiss goes on for a very long time. I don't yeah, understand and... why they want to kiss each other, but I thought this kiss was fine. Well, that's the thing. I don't think I would want to kiss anyone who behaved like that that day. <laughs> I mean, I guess he redeemed himself a bit with Rainy, but, like, he was... She had to do so much... So many rounds of jazz hands in order to keep the girls happy because they think that he just hates them. Mm-hmm. And Rainy, in particular, is like, nobody wants me. My sis- my, my aunt doesn't want me. My mom left me. Mm-hmm. You don't want me because you're sending me back to my aunt. Mm-hmm. And, like, this guy doesn't even want us to exist. So, like, she is a having to do so much management mm-hmm. because Connor cannot see past his own asshole. Right. Ugh. So, anyway. The only thing that bothered me about this kiss was the mm. the cover of the book showed, like, a, is, like, a very flirty couple both on ice skates in the middle of, like, a snowy outdoor ice rink pond, and she's kind of, like, laughing, and he's kind of, like, nuzzling into her neck. That mm-hmm. is not what happens. That is not that what is happens. Not, that is not a scene from the book, and I was very disappointed. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Um, then they find so, a kitten. You missed the kitten. Oh, God, I missed the kitten. So There's they find a, li- this kitten, a little kitten, which becomes problematic later. <laughs> and freezing um... <laughs> to death under a garbage can, and they yeah, want to keep so, it. And so they, they find a 24-hour vet, apparently, because mm-hmm. it's got to be, like, 8 p.m. I don't know. There's lots of 24-hour vets. That's a thing. Okay, cool. <laughs> and um, <laughs> so then they take the kit, and they go home, and it's great. But then no, they almost you, have a wreck on the way home. I, I was like, you forgot the wreck. <laughs> like, okay, good. 
Yeah, so they almost have a wreck, and um, Connor obviously freaks the fuck out, because again, that also makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense, and she's like, this is different, this isn't the same as the wreck with you, and I'm like, stop it, he's allowed yeah, to have a like a total PTSD reaction to this. Oh yes, like, she's he like, absolutely this is. This is very different than the one with you and your kids, because no one died in a fiery like accident, and he's just like, mm-hmm. get me home, like I want get to go home. Get me home immediately. Yeah. Yeah. And so he disappears for two days. Um, she fair. goes in and cooks for him. Again, fair. I yep. was totally down with this response. Mm-hmm. Except that it's two days out of two weeks that they have together where they're supposed <laughs> to fall in love and fuck. Fair. Okay. Okay. So she shows up and he's like, I'm, I've stopped hibernating now and I'm ready to put my hands all over your body. And she's like, yeah, that checks out. Um, mm-hmm. we've spent no time together and I haven't seen you in two days because you've been avoided me, but avoiding me. But why don't I cook you dinner and then you come on to me and I take you back to my cabin where Wait, the two orphans skipping, I have with me. You are skipping so much. Am I? Yes. <laughs> uh, all right. So, I'm sorry. But like she's cooking for him and he like appears out of nowhere and she like drops a, a thing and there's like yeah. glass on the floor. And yeah. she's cleaning up oh, the glass. Oh, that's right. Because she's a grown up woman who can handle that. And he yes. walks over to her, picks her up against her will and just mm-hmm. walks her over to the side of the room and puts her down and is like, I will clean it up. You woman, me, man, I clean up glass, glass dangerous. Right. <laughs> and that really bothered me. I was like, this yeah. Is and she's job. like, you can't, be. you can't pick me up like that. And he's mm-hmm. like, well, I did. So, Blech. and I'm sure this is me, but I read that two pages, two, three, five times. Mm. I cannot find the sentence where she drops anything. Oh. <laughs> and suddenly there's just shards of glass on the floor. And I'm like, surely I missed something. I went back once. I went back twice. I went back three times. I went <laughs> sentence by sentence. And I'm like, I cannot figure out where she dropped a glass thing. It's probably I mean, in there. I, both of I us got the message. It. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I was just like, what? And then, like, later in the same passage, they refer to the... They talked about naming the kitten, and then, like, later in this passage, they're like, oh, blah, 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 Jingle's gonna do this and that. I'm like, where was the part where they named this kitten Jingle? Like, was that also cut? Like, it's very... Anyway. There were two days where they were just hanging out without Connor. Like, they had to do something. So, is this when he... Like, since they've already been touching up on each other. Yeah, I mean, you're right about the next thing that happened. I just wanted to talk about him, like, grabbing her against her will and, like, moving her. I just thought that was really uh, imposing and not okay. Yeah, completely. I, I was I was on I was on the same page with you on that one. Uh-huh. That's probably why I wiped it from my memory. So, he then, you know, starts kissing up on her neck and stuff. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I have to get back to the girls. And he's like... Well, I mean, but but sex. we could we could definitely yeah. do it. And he's also and like, she's like, "You're my muse. I've been writing my book so fast because of you." Like, oh yeah, he's finally writing again. Mm-hmm. Which, bleh. and um, so she then invites him. So they leave the four family reunion cabin right. to go to the two bedroom. Uh-huh. Um, cabin where their room is right next door to the two sleeping orphans. But it's okay, which... Mel, because the idea that this sex could wake up anyone is... <laughs> like, like the, this was like 
two gentle, silent thrusts and a shudder. Like, that's what happened. Maybe, yeah, yeah. I mean, okay, so I will say this. I really like the lead up to the sex. Because she's like, I haven't had any sex since my husband. And he's like, well, I haven't been with anybody since my wife. And she's like, okay, why don't I put it this way? I haven't been with anybody since my cancer. And Mm -hmm. he stops everything and he sits down on the bed and he's like, okay, what do you need to tell me? And it was really nice. And so she's like, you know, I had a lumpectomy and there's a scar and there's this and there's that. And he's like, well, I think you're beautiful. And, um, I definitely should be inside you as soon as possible. (laughs) So if you're still okay with that, why don't we just get to it? And she's like, yeah, totally. I have one thing that really skeezed me out. And I'm sorry we're going Ooh. so long, but this is a, no, this is a thing what? that I cannot. So he, after she tells him her breast cancer story, mm-hmm. he starts tracing and smooching up on her breast cancer scar. Um. <clears throat> All right. I, I think maybe because I have like some personal experience with this, like, Smooching up on people's scars when you're when you're like sleeping with them for the first time, not okay. Like that is not about you. It's like making her thing. Uh. I just I was just like, get ugh, stop smooching up on her scar. Like she just told you about how she got. Like don't do that. It's not about you. It's yeah. Not, I don't okay. Know how so to say it. so I I hear what you're saying though because um in oh boy. In Clover Green, Eric Fields. Yeah, I actually Tiffany wrote in Reese's, here. It whatever. was so nice that her naughty holiday did not have this. Yes, that he did no, not. No, it didn't. No, well, it it had. She said, "Look, there's scars. Uh-huh. These yeah. are my breasts." And he's like, "I'm going to pay attention to your nipple and all of your pleasure mm-hmm. centers mm-hmm. because I'm gonna. Sh- I still want to show you that your breasts are beautiful." Mm-hmm. He wasn't like licking her scars. He didn't fetishize <laughs> it and make it yes. a thing where he's like, "Look how good I am at right at, at being cool with your scar. I'm so good." at it that I'm going to make it a sex thing. Like, I just right. was like, I don't, I don't like that. <laughs> and I know that it happens a lot in movies and books. And I'm just like, it makes me just every time. <laughs> anyway, he calls her creamy again. Uh, let's see. Uh, yeah, a lot of yeah, and kissing. So, and then she, he's like, I got to go. Uh-huh. And well, so he, they fall asleep and he sneaks out. There's I guess. no foreplay at all. It's just like he inserts it, she shudders. I don't even know that he came because they did not say. Right, right. Yeah, he you're calls right. her breast milky white, which reminded me of a League of Their Own. Milky <laughs> white, Brit, Brit. Oh, oh, <laughs> you know what no. I mean? <laughs> um, okay. they, uh, they don't use a condom no. because she can't get pregnant. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, I don't know. Yeah. We know he's been celibate since his wife because he hasn't even laid eyes on a person, so I don't know. Okay, Just sure. I don't know what his sexual history was before that. Fine, yeah, you're um, right. Okay, so anyway, they then he sneaks out, and we cut to the girls playing outside again, and mm-hmm. Connor comes outside, and they're so frightened of him because the girls haven't seen him, let's remind everyone, since he left the car in a huff. Now, mm-hmm. granted, again, okay reaction, that's fine. 
But he comes, like, barreling out of the house, and Shay and Rainey immediately, like, cling to each other, being like, were we too loud? And he's like, no, I just wanted to build a snowman with you. And they're Uh like, that's not you at all. I really wanted him to be like... pod person? When they were like, were we too loud? I really wanted him to be like, were we too loud? Am I right? (laughs) (laughs) But it didn't happen. Yeah, so they build snowmen, and then they make cookies, and uh, they play with Jingle, and Mm -hmm. um, he and April decide that they're going to make this Christmas the best Christmas ever, Mm -hmm. and then April gets super sick. All right. We're back to saying number one. Comes out of fucking one, nowhere. April is a terrible employee. <laughs> terrible with, employee with Aaron McCarthy. Okay, so yeah, so April gets April gets some sort of stomach bug. Right. She does not call her boss no. to get a replacement. Mm-mm. She just doesn't show up to breakfast and lunch. Right. And because he's been banging it out with her, he's like, oh, I can make some toast. That's yeah. fine. I'll uh, scramble up an egg. What bothers like, me? I don't want to get. Like, she's taking care of two orphans. No, she's not. At this exactly. point, the orphans are taking care of her, which I... They're taking care of her while she's vomiting, just like their chemo patient mother did. Like, it is so fucking mean. It's it awful. It is so fucking insensitive. Uh-huh. She doesn't... She tells... Oh, my God. April tells them... <laughs> so, the girls show up at the cabin. I'm so angry about this. Me oh, too. my God. I was so mad. <sighs> so, they show up at the cabin, and he hears, like, a crash and a bang and blah, blah, blah. The five-year-old is attempting to chop carrots. The twelve-year-old has has is attempt is cleaning up the water she spilled somehow all over the place. And he's mm-hmm. like, "Hi, what's happening?" And they're like, "We can't tell you. We can't tell you." April swore us to secrecy, and he's like, "No, no, I'm the adult here." Yeah, I am the adult here. The one adult yeah. now. Uh-huh. She has told these kids, "Don't worry." kids whose parent died not even three weeks ago. I'm not dying. I'm just so ill. It looks as though I'm probably going to die. Mm -hmm. And don't tell the only other adult within an hour's drive Mm -hmm. on a windy winter road Mm -hmm. that I'm ill. Just go try to make him dinner? Yeah. And also, like, I'm not gonna feed you guys. Like... (gasps) Make it thin for yourself. Like, just at least order these to a pizza. Like, Jesus Christ. Like, what have they been oh eating God. for two days? And then, Cookies? Probably oh, the cookies God. they made? I was so I was like, do not take these kids. My note was... So angry. I completely understand why April doesn't want to take these kids. I she guess, She knows yeah. that she's a, she's a fucking mess and would be yeah. a negligent parent. So Boy. They almost, like, cut their hands off or whatever, like making dinner so then connor is like okay let's do this together we will make dinner for ourselves then i'm gonna go take care of april he nurses her back to health or whatever the next we hear from april she's just like what what happened where did the last three days go three days go. where are you have you ever had a stomach bug such that you no. missed three days like no <laughs> you had dengue fever and you didn't no. miss three days no, i remember every moment <laughs> of that like, I just was like, what is this sickness? Like, you weren't in a coma. Like, right. She was, she honestly woke up and she's like, how many days has it been? Oh, God. Like, I, yeah. And how is that your like, first question? That's something, that's information that other people volunteer. Yeah, the first You're question like, is, it was five minutes, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Or are the children dead? Because they could be. Right. Like, I, I just, it, 
And, and okay, so then he nurses her back to health, and she finds out he's done all these things while she's been sick, and they've, like, decorated, and they've made soup, and they, you know, he's been playing dad for a little bit here, and he's been, like, making Christmas happen and all this. And the whole time they're, like, they put up a tree, they decorate for Christmas, and blah, 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 blah. And the whole time I'm just, like, if this were real life, they would all be sick. Like, if this were real all life. All of them. They would all be sick with the worst flu ever, and they would yeah. not be able to take care of each other, and it would be a nightmare. <laughs> all of them, all of them would have double bucket syndrome, and uh-huh. it would be horrifying. The five-year-old would have shot the bed at yeah, some point. Everyone like, in the house is too sick, and you can't take care of each other, and it's just like everybody for themselves. Like, that's what would have happened. Yeah. So, she wakes up. She's, um... Uh, the girls and, and um, Connor have been bonding and making Christmas happen. And she's so impressed and she's so thankful. And she's, I mean, I guess to her credit, she's like self-flagellating a little bit for, um, you not know, putting enough. that burden. Not enough. Uh-huh. No. Yeah. <gasps> she she needs to take a shower because she hasn't showered in like five days. You know the feeling. Mm. And, um... <laughs> <laughs> he's like can you stand are you able to stand on your own and he like scoops her up and like takes her to the bath or whatever and i'm just like what is this illness that she can't stand like what in outlander in outlander claire gets sick like this but it's like actual somebody poisoned her kind of thing with like a bacteria yeah and she is legit out it's real bad that makes sense to me. Also, this this is 16 something something. Sure, also that. Sure. But yeah, like, yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> okay, anyway. If this is Scotland times, right? Am I right? Yes. Well, Am I right? No, you see that's, what I did there? that's not Britain times. No. <laughs> I, listen, we're what? You know two what? hours they into this podcast? In, I'm happy they to were explain in South to you Carolina. the time period. That no, no, never mind. Outlanders never in, mind. Because that's Highlander times. So that's a whole different... <laughs> You're right. It's a whole different time period than England. Highlander right. is its own thing. Pardon me. Okay. Well, and actually, <laughs> it was revolutionary. They were in South Carolina at that point. Like, it doesn't matter. Sure. There's Highlander times, England times, and there's also Sherlock Holmes times. <laughs> <laughs> and there's revolutionary times. These are the four okay. time periods of romance. And medieval. Okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah, so then, ugh. Like, here's the thing. Then they, for the rest of the book, we know that they do more sex, but there is no more sex on the page. No, and you know how I feel about that. There's a little bit of foreplay, but like that sex Ugh. was so underwhelming. It took, yeah, I didn't the, like the sex it. paragraph was one paragraph. The kiss paragraph was two. Like if the sex takes less time than the kiss, I'm not about it. And like there's <laughs> one point where he just kind of like honks her boob for a little bit, which was weird to me. <laughs> Like she's recovering from her sickness, and it just says, he held the weight of one breast in his hand, and I'm like, is that sexy? Honk, honk. Honk, honk. <laughs> is it heavy? Like, you just kind of like, I don't know. I just was like, what? Are you just cradling her breast? Yeah. Oh, boy. Have you ever, I have a question for you and perhaps the rest of our listeners. Listeners, let us know if you are, if you know about this, if this is a thing. <laughs> Have you ever heard of or done this reindeer glitter, this paw print no, that situation is not outside? No. That's not a thing. I don't think so it was a hard thing. to do because so what he does Where do you is he get goes the, outside. Are you and are you makes... going to a taxidermist to get like a reindeer hoof or a deer hoof, and then uh-huh. smirking outside? Yeah, what he, so are he, you doing? Are you uh, just stamping? 
kashmirks some uh, <laughs> reindeer footprints outside and then sprinkles like red glitter uh, all over. So Which is an they... eco hazard. Don't do that, everyone. <laughs> glitter does not belong on the ground. It's a rude thing to do to nature. I thought it was a cute idea, but I also logistically didn't understand it because I didn't know how he got His the boot prints. prints have to be everywhere. Yeah, unless he like flew out there. I don't know how he right, did Right, where is his hovercraft? Right. These are all my questions. Okay. Whatever. Okay, so they do Christmas things. The girls have made them this pine cone family that's really gorgeous. Yeah, they make a pine cone family with all of them. Um, There's about 50 pages where Connor and April keep on ribbing each other because Connor's like, you need to keep the girls. And April's like, I want him to stay with us, but Mm -hmm. I'm never going to say that out loud because he'll never stay with us. This is another time where he grabs her and like forces her to listen to him. He grabs her shoulders. Like, ugh. And I just want to be like, you don't know her. Like, what is this based on? Like, I don't don't know. They also do yoga together. She does a yoga class for them and that heals all their wounds. Um, It was yoga kills all. And then he freaks out and leaves. Basically. Yeah. It's a oh. good way to put it, right? You want to hear a joke? Uh-oh. He yeah. he says in his narrative. So, he's talking to the two girls and he's talking about well, I think he's talking to Rainy and he's like, you know, losing a family member makes a hole inside you and blah 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 and Rainy's like April's really good at filling holes. And I wanted to be like, uh, Connor is too. I, I mean, kind better of. better at it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was just like as far as uh, April's narrative is concerned, uh-huh. yeah. April's, April's inner monologue. Oh God! April's inner monologue has told us that Connor is extra good at filling holes. We have mm-hmm. not actually seen evidence of that on the page. Right. So there's some kind of like Christmas party or something like that. Does he go to a? Party? They do Christmas. Yeah. No. 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 Where no. do they meet the no. other people? Yeah. Great. Stop it. I'm sorry. So. Sorry. <laughs> so he. Free- <laughs> So he freaks out and leaves. How is this our longest podcast? Like, how did I don't know, like, man. I don't even well, like because we podcast. went on a we went on a tan- we went on a couple of tangents <laughs> and our yeah. So where do they go? Where do they meet these people? So he freaks out and he leaves and he takes his pine cone with him and he's like, I can't stay with you. And she's like, You should stay with me. And he's like, No, never, because my wife and kid are always going to be at the center of my soul. And, and nobody else can be there, and so he leaves. Mm-hmm. Doesn't say goodbye to the girls, because every adult in this book fucking blows. Mm-hmm. So then they spend the next week moving into her uh, studio apartment. You missed the most important part, where the, the Connor Pinecone person, when he leaves, is thrown into the fire. <laughs> oh, I'm Not sorry. That's right. Leave, so Rainy... Oh, I'm sorry. Cone throws it Wait. in the fireplace. No, he doesn't do that. No, no, no. You're, I thought you're, he did. You're, you're misremembering. Uh-uh. So, okay. <laughs> so I'm sorry. We also missed the part where April officially told the girls that they have to go back and live with their absolutely awful aunt Lisa or whatever her stupid name is. And the girls obviously freak out oh. because they're like, I okay. want to okay. be with you and we want to be a family. And she's like, I can't have you because I, uh, what if my cancer comes back and blah, and I'm like, respect their goddamn mom's wishes. Mm-hmm. She wouldn't have given them to another cancer survivor if she didn't think that was okay. Like, mm-hmm. stop it. So um, the girls freak out and leave. And then Connor freaks out and leaves because he thinks that she should keep them. And then she's like, well, why don't, if I, I can't keep them unless you stay, basically. And he's like, that's manipulative and it horrible. Is. 
And yeah. And so he leaves too. Then the next morning, um, she and Rainy start chatting. They find Well, Shay runs I, away. And oh yeah, she runs dies away at some point. Woods but that was cat. before. Okay, all right, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, yeah. That's when the cat becomes problematic because the five year old goes and, and because this kitten quadrupled in size in one week. <laughs> This kitten went from shivering and and um, fitting in the palm of your hand to getting a five year old lost in the woods. Mm-hmm. I don't know how that happened. Um, okay, so April finds out that Rainy has tossed the whole pinecone family into the wood stove. Oh, they get the pinecone family out, and and Rainy's like, "Where's Connor's pinecone? It's like he was never here." And April looks at Rainy and says, of course he was here. Yeah, so Connor got out his pinecone, but didn't bother to get the rest of them out. He just took his and was like, if they don't notice and burn these alive, that's cool. Because that makes total sense in his in his grief narrative. It's like a souvenir from the family he was almost a part of. (laughs) (laughs) So they do life things. They get set up in the, the, um... Like, a new house, and yeah. they move, and She's keeping her, them. They're staying. She's keeping them. It's great. Uh, then they go to a New Year's party, Aaron. They go to Sarah's no, New Year's was, party. A, you remember when he, like, confronted the other guy oh. whose, like, wife was killed by a drunk driver? There was something there. And I know yeah. you keep saying stop it, and I don't want to talk about it, but there was something, because he was a beast to those people, too. He and was I don't awful to was. them, was too. Kind of Christmas yeah, they party. went back... They went back to the same cafe for a Christmas party a while ago. Huh, Sorry, really. listener. Yeah. We're a little bit uh, Well, you can just edit this, this to time. make sense, right? Probably not. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. <laughs> so, oh. so then they go to a New Year's party. Mm-hmm. And she does. they show April up. Does. April. No, April and the girls. And the girls, yeah. Right. The, the three of them, the they, mm-hmm. go mm-hmm. to a New Year's party. Mm-hmm. And Sarah comes up to them and is like, don't be mad. And she's like, why would I be mad at you? And then she sees Connor from across the room. Gross. And they make up and he brings his pine cone out. And he's like, I want to be a family with you and the girls. And And then I loved you forever. Well, boof. And then we go to the epilogue. And here's the thing I don't understand about the epilogue. Are you ready? Mm -hmm. It's like six months later. Mm Mm-hmm. He's on a book tour for the thing that he wrote, and it's the best thing he's ever written because of April and her magic clitoris. And so here's my thing. There's a line in the book where he's like, they got married a week after New Year's because they wanted to be a good example for the girls. It's not a good example for those girls. That makes no sense to me. It would have been a bad example to move in together or to have him move into the town mm-hmm. for a while to, like, date mm-hmm. and see how things go and get to know each other on an actual intellectual and emotional level. But, so that would be the bad example. The good example <laughs> is to know a man for, hmm, Let's say eight days total, because mm-hmm. when you take out the two days that he was, uh, like, Roughing. being a recluse, yeah. right, and the two or three, oh, I'm sorry, seven days, then you take out the three days that she was sick, 
Mm-hmm. They haven't spoken words to each other mm-hmm. except for about seven days. Right. And then when you do the math on the actual minutes that they spoke during those seven days, I... So she knows him for that long. Let's say 36 hours total. They've mm-hmm. actually spoken words to each other. Mm-hmm. That's the better example, is to know a man for that amount of time. Then marry him and have him move into a house with you and your brand new pair of orphans <laughs> and hope that things just go great. Yeah. That's the better example? I I had like a thought when I read that where I was like, I wonder if this was a Jesus book and uh-huh. then was turned into a not Jesus book. You know, like, huh. you know, like it was rushed to the marriage at the end. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just thought like maybe this was supposed to be like kind of a more like a, a more chaste romance. And then somebody at some point was like throwing some sex. <laughs> like, and that's why it ended up <laughs> not being. Maybe. But that's why I thought maybe this weird marriage happened at the end. Anyway. I don't know. Matter. I was not down with it. Mm-mm, like, because again, I would have been totally cool with him moving to Colorado. Oh, yeah. And. Like, subletting her old studio apartment. You know or what? just moving in with that. Moving in even. would have been fine with me, too. Yeah. Not a great choice in real life, but romance novel, fine. Yeah. Anyway, they live happily ever after. And I assume he gets fat again, right? Like, Yeah, me too. I think so. Yeah, yeah. I think he mm-hmm. grows no, he out his right and gets, gets a little happy. Mm-hmm. But I don't think April <laughs> would care. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. Oh, boy, Aaron. Um, I don't think I've thought about a self-love recommendation. You know what, everybody? Shower. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. Uh, oh boy. Guys, gals, people of all types, just force yourself to brave the cold and shower because it's nice to your partner and it's nice to your kids Mm -hmm. and it's nice to yourself. And it's nice to the world when you smell nice and and look fresh. So okay, oh mine is like a do as I say, not as I do, because I really screwed this up. So as if mine wasn't sure. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it's um, been a week. Well, you promised me you were going to shower today because you're going to brunch. I am. Um, so that's a do as you do. But I'm continuing to screw this up with abandon. So last week on Wednesday, I shoveled our driveway of snow. Mm. We had a big snowfall, and I mm-hmm. pulled my back. I just, <gasps> like, completely pulled it. And the next day I was like, man, that feels a little tweaked. But we're going out to this cabin, this, like, remote cabin. We're going cross-country skiing. And we're going to sleep on the floor in sleeping bags and <laughs> negative four degree, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, okay, I can wait, do that. Wait, I'm sorry. What? Can I just tell you how much I love cross-country skiing? <laughs> <laughs> you got so intimate with your microphone for that. Like, I love I, it. I, <laughs> I love it so much. That may have made me brave the crazy cabin in wh- that you subjected yourself to. Okay, keep going. Well, in town feedback. here in Anchorage, you know, if you ever like... Come visit. Um, <laughs> That's hilarious. In the winter, all of the trails Aww. in town, of which we have many, are groomed for cross-country skiing. So you can just oh. ski wherever you want to ski. 
but for some reason we drove like an hour and a half to go ski, do something we couldn't do in town. But actually, we skied in like this mountain pass. It was very nice. Anyway, so I'm like, you know what? I'm good to do that, even though like I can't really sit or stand right now. So I go sleep in that cabin on the fucking ground and I'm stupid enough to be like maybe this will cure me because it'll straighten out my I don't know Aaron and then I went and went skiing the next day and like there were some hills that I was like I may not be able to get down this (laughs) like I and David kept being like do you need to stop because of and I was just like no I am I'm an American badass like I can do this I'm a soldier like I can do these things and I'm I'm like why did I and then we the second night did this again. Oh my god. And then I couldn't like uh move. So then I had to go to the emergency room last night. Last oh night. Oh my god. Yeah, last well not last tonight's still tonight. So the day before today, last night. And because I couldn't like, you know, move. And they were like, you have to take it easy and then this weekend I'm going to a different cabin to do ice skating shit. And just don't Aaron I know, right? Like I do as I say, not as I do. Here's the thing. If you're injured, take, don't do this. <laughs> it hurts really bad now. And it's all Aaron, my fault. There's still time. I know. I know. But I've told them I'm going. And I'm just like, maybe what I'll do is don't I'll go and I just then. won't ice skate. I mean, are there beds? I are you going with a chiropractor? I think there's or beds, a licensed but I don't think there are enough therapist? beds for the number of people that are going. Well, you get one. <laughs> Aaron McCarthy, <laughs> don't do that thing that you always do where you're like, no, no, I'm good, I'm good. Oh, you're God. not good. Yeah, I know. So anyway, don't don't do that. Don't if you're injured, just don't just stop doing shit. Stop it. Stop it. Aaron, Get medical I'm telling attention. you, there's still time. Yeah, I'm going. I just don't, I just I'll just bring my skates and see what happens. You can I honestly don't bring your skates. I'll just I won't do anything. I'll just skate around. You know what? You're going to end up doing a fucking pirouette with your leg all the way it's up over thing. your head. It's not Yeah, you can do that yoga thing where, where you're in dancer's pose and you grab your, oh. your leg with two hands. And you can do that on the ice, too. Yeah, that's called a Beelman. You, but what I'm saying is, like... Oh, I can't with you. I'm not saying it's Don't not a it. thing. I'm saying you're not calling it the right thing. <laughs> it's a thing. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, you know what? I won't, I won't go ice skating, so... You're lying to me right now. Yeah, I, can tell. I know. I know. I well, right now it's not a lie because right now I <sighs> might not. Bah! You're you're bringing your skates. You're you're doing it. It's a passion of yours. Okay. All right. Well, um, hey, listener. Yeah. Uh, Aaron's gonna come back, but she can still podcast from a body cast. Oh yeah. So that's okay. <laughs> no worries. And she can also read books with a body cast on. Yes. So it's great. It's great. Maybe we, that's we what I'll do a, while they're ice skating. Hobby. I'll read our next book. Okay. All right. So. Find us on all the social media platforms. We are now publishing a, um, a a list of everything we're reading at the beginning of the month so that you actually have time to read them because we got some listener feedback that three days wasn't enough time. And I'm like, it's bullshit. I mean, it's bullshit. Ugh, if we're going to so do it, you needy. can do it. <laughs> you guys are so needy. No, that's that we were being done. No, that's that's um, good input. Yeah. Yeah, so we are publishing a whole list um, at the beginning of each month. So keep being a badass. Uh, and and oof. love yourself as much as you love two thrusts and a shudder with a beast. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs>
All right. Well, this four hours has been great. Yes, it has been. Okay. Bye. Bye Hey, you. Yes, listener, you. Are you loving the show? If so, please leave a rating and review in your podcast app. The 90 seconds you take to say something nice not only helps new people find the show, but it makes me super smile over at HBHQ. Also, I've had a few people ask, and the answer is yes. We are still doing the five-star bribe. If you leave us a review with five stars, then we'll do whatever book you want. We're real, real deep into the list, though, so it might be a while. Ah, Lilas. Okay, back to the show.